Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Welcome to Marriage Helper Live. I'm Dr. Joe Beam, along with Kimberly Holmes, who is the CEO of our nonprofit Marriage Helper. We're here to share with you today. This is a program where you call in, if you wish, and ask any question about relationship you'd like to ask. It can be about parenting. It can be about dating. If you're single, it can be about what's going on with your marriage. If it's a relationship question, we'll do the best we can to answer. Now, to be able to talk to us on the air, you dial 657 383 0812. That's 657 383 0812. Now you can call that number and just listen to us on your phone if you wish. But if you wish to talk to us, once you call that number, then the next thing you do is, as soon as it answers, is you press the number one. And that puts you in the queue, and, and you'll get to talk to Cassie, and she'll screen our calls for us so we can know what you're talking about, and we'll come on and we'll do our best to interact with you. Correct? Absolutely. We're excited about it. <laughs> one week before Christmas Eve. So if you're watching and did not know it was December, then welcome to reality. And if you have not done any of your shopping, then I don't know what to tell you. Get them a marriage helper gift card. That's all. I didn't know we had those. Don't. Oh, now we do. Now we do. <laughs> now we do. Now we do. And for those who are curious, we will be doing this program next Monday, which is Christmas Eve, and the Monday after that, which is New Year's Eve, or am I wrong? Am I correct about that? I don't think you're correct about that, <laughs> unless you and I do it by ourselves, because the rest of our team is off work. We will not be here for the next two weeks. <laughs> we'll be here shortly after that. We could, we we might do a different day next week. I'd love to hear people's feedback. If people would like to, if you know, we'll be back in office Wednesdays, so we could do Wednesday the 26th and Wednesday January 2nd. So if you would like that to happen, just yeah, uh, comment, write it on our Facebook page in, there or call in know. and tell us that. So okay. we'll understand that's what you would like. But I didn't realize we were off on those two E, but I guess I should have figured out that they were. Yeah. Well, we're here for you. We want to do whatever we can to assist you in whatever we can. Absolutely. And so whatever your question might be, are we getting people calling yet or do we need to go ahead and deal with some topics that we've had before? Well, there are people calling, but they're still being screened. Still being screened. So mm-hmm. we'll get to that in just a moment or two. In the meantime, understand this, that we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization that exists right here in Middle Tennessee. That's where we're broadcasting from. And if you're in parts of uh, America other than the deep south, or if you're in other parts of the world, then you probably have already figured out we're in the deep south just by our accents that sound so southern. But understand that we work with marriages from not just across America, but we have regularly uh, people come to our workshop for example we do every other friday we start a new uh, three-day intensive workshop for marriages that are in trouble and we have people come from all over the world nearly every month we have at least a couple or two from canada but people also come from places as far as beijing and, and london and many other places because we truly do care about helping you with your relationships and in that particular workshop it's done for people who are primarily in crisis but If you're an engaged couple, 
we actually do special things for engaged couples. And we love for engaged couples to come to that three-day intensive workshop for marriages in trouble. Because I'm convinced it's some of the best premarital counseling in America. First of all, because of the fact that we will teach you some amazing things about relationships that you may not learn anyplace else. Not because we made them up but because of the fact that for whatever reason other people are just skipping that have been validated and proven by tons of really good research, not just from America, but around the world. And I think that the reason it becomes such a good premarital course is because of the fact that you'll be in a room full of people that have somehow gotten in trouble because of that. So it's not just learning the principles, but it's seeing how real people deal with those principles and what happens when that occurs. And so if you're an engaged or if your son or your daughter is getting engaged, already engaged, you might want to call our number, our regular office number, we'll give you in a minute here, and, and ask for one of our client representatives and ask about what we do for engaged couples at the workshop. It is good marriage, not just hearing good stuff, which we teach, but also seeing people are, and this is a way you can up and you want to be careful about that. And so call us. And our office number, just go ahead and put it up for the time being, is 615-472-1161. That's 615-472-1161. Well, Joe, it looks like we have our first caller of many today, and that is Chantel from Florida, who has some questions about stopping negative thoughts about her husband. Chantel, can you hear us okay? I can. Can you hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How may we help you today? Um, so my husband and I have been married for 16, 16 years. We've been together for 17 years. Um, we have two children. Mm-hmm. And I um, have recently moved to, I relocated to where his job is. Um, we don't have any family in the area, and I retired from the military. So mm-hmm. I don't have a job, but, you know, other than taking care of our children, we don't mm-hmm. live together. Um, he has had a child um, outside of the marriage. The child is two mm-hmm. months old now. And um, I am having, I'm struggling with the mindfulness part of um, trying to keep myself in the, okay, this is what he says today, this is how it is today, you know, um, yeah. and not going over everything else that's been happened over the past 16 years and me just, yeah. um, you know, just like studying every single detail. Mm-hmm. Now, you say you're not living together. Are you separated? Uh, well, we're physically separated, yeah. Yeah, we're I mean, not, you... like nothing has been filed. There's no, none of that. Okay. And so your separation, though, is because of some marital discord. Yeah. Um, We both have had infidelity over the years. Okay. And are you guys trying to put the marriage back together right now? I am. Um, (laughs) Not so much because he is like, he doesn't want to make the same mistake that we've made in the past. Like we've separated before in the past, maybe for like a month, you know, now we've been separated for two years. Okay. And so when you say you want to think, not think about the negatives, if you're separated and if he's not interested in putting the marriage together, what is it that you're actually trying to accomplish with this? Um, what I'm trying to accomplish is, I guess, more along the lines of me 
doing what I need to do for myself. Um, I'm kind of starting to question now if if I can do this, like if I can stand or if I can. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I've done a, I've done a lot of damage already. Just in you know, I'm I'm am creating arguments when I really shouldn't. I probably shouldn't even have some some of the conversations that I'm trying to have. So it's more of a control portion, all of that. I see. Okay. So let me summarize back what I heard to make sure I hear this right before we try to answer your question. You are separated, but you would like to put the marriage back together. And right now you are standing, but you occasionally do things that rather than help put the marriage back together, actually pulls the marriage apart. Is that what I heard so far? That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. And so part of what you're asking now is, okay, how can I get my mindset correct so that I quit doing damaging things and can do the more positive things that may potentially lead to us putting this back together? Is that what the question is? Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, you mentioned mindfulness. So um, have you heard the podcast that Kimberly and I did that's an audio podcast about mindfulness? Have you been exposed to that? Yes. Yes, okay. I have been so listening. You, I'm in the Save My Marriage course and okay. all of that stuff. And then I still think about the negative. Yeah, part. well, it's okay to be human. You know, it really is. It's okay to be human. And don't beat yourself up about that. But what I'm hearing you say is you know the kind of things you need to do, but you're letting your emotions take control of you occasionally. Correct? Exactly. That's exactly okay. it. Okay. Now, so... The thing that you're going to have to do is to stop and mm-hmm. ask yourself this question. And, and I, I know that it's difficult to do when you're in the heat of passion, like you're upset about something or whatever. But if you can just stop and ask yourself that question that you'll be familiar with because of the fact that, that you know our material and just say, okay, what is the 10, 10, 10 on this? How am I going to feel about this, what I'm about to say, in 10 days, in 10 months, in 10 years? And if you can just okay. pause long enough, because you sound to me like a pretty intelligent person. To ask yourself, it may be just enough time for you to get control and think to yourself, you know, the long-term effect of what I'm about to do, I'm, I'm intelligent, I'm smart, I'm a, I'm a sharp person, and now I can take control of myself. Now, because, you see, I'm somewhat like you. If I just go off the cuff, <laughs> sometimes yeah. I think, oh, I know the world that I say or do that. But if you can just get that little pause, and the way you can teach yourself to do that is to stop and think, okay. How am I going to feel about this 10 days, 10 months, 10 years, just for a few seconds? And because of the level of intelligence you have, if you do that, it might be just enough to give you the edge that you don't have that emotional reaction back to him that makes things worse. Now, when it comes to, okay, okay, but sometimes I think about this and sometimes I think about that, then if you really do learn some mindfulness techniques, you can actually learn how to control that as well. Because when those things ruminate, sit there and just churn in your brain, they do all kinds of damage to you. And mm-hmm. so learn more about mindfulness. Now, you might want to look online. If you type in mindfulness, understand that out of the 20 million hits you're going to get, uh, 19.9 million of those are ridiculous. And so if you're going to look at something about mindfulness, you might want to look at like WebMD or, or Psychology Today or something like that, a reputable site that understands this, and learn a little bit more about mindfulness. And believe it or not, and, and Kimberly can speak to this, and I'll throw it to her in a second, you might actually benefit from starting yoga. Can you explain how that works? Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So 
in in yoga, a lot of people when they hear about it, some people can have negative reactions like, oh, that's you know a certain type of worship. I don't want to get into that, and I won't get into all that right now. But all I'm going to say is yoga is really um, a really good workout for physically for your body, the way you stretch your muscles and also build strength. It, it's so great in that. But the second part of it that makes yoga different than any other type of exercise is the breath. The, and you'll you know, yoga means to yoke and it's yoking the breath with the movements that you're doing, which makes a huge part of it. And so focusing on your breath continues to bring your mind back to being in the moment, focusing on what you're currently doing and brings this new aspect into your mind of slowing down, concentrating and focusing on one thing, because you can't be focusing on 18 other things if you're remembering to breathe. And so in yoga, there's definitely the physical aspect of it, and then it usually ends in something called savasana, which is the time for meditation at the end. So it's the very end of the practice. You're lying on your mat, and you're just breathing. And over a period of time, it's just like any other muscle in your body. Your brain is a muscle, and you learn, it learns to train itself to be silent, to be still, to calm down, but it doesn't do it overnight. You have to engage in the practice intentionally in order for your brain to learn to calm down. And so mindfulness is is that part of that. A lot of times it can look like meditation for people, and that could be something as simple as 10 minutes every morning. Um, I'm just going to sit in silence and and start working on how to do that. But that's the basic premise of mindfulness, meditation, how yoga can assist with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask a question okay. of uh, Jesse, who is our producer. Jesse is saying here that the live video is interrupted. Is that happening? Mm-hmm. Our internet is shut down on Facebook, but people on Blog Talk still hear you. Okay, so the people on Blog Talk still hear us, but we lost Facebook. Yeah, I can restart Facebook and publish now if you want, and mm-hmm. we can go back live, but the show will be interrupted. So. Mm-hmm. Just give me a few minutes so you can still talk to people on Blog Okay, we'll still talk to people online. Okay. I trust Jesse to handle it. All right. Thank you so much, Chantel. I hope that was helpful for you. Thank you very much. I appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. You know, Joe, another book recommendation that I have for people who are struggling with things going on in their minds, and this is a Christian book, so for people who aren't Christians, they might not find any benefit from this, but there's a book called Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer, and I have read it, and it is very helpful in being able to learn to identify ways that our mind gets caught in certain traps and it's really simple Um, it doesn't get super deep into things definitely not as deep as you go into explaining things but it's a quick read it's easy to understand and consume and can just be an additional something that you use to help you through learning how to take control of your mind and your thoughts okay good we have more callers, right? We do have more callers. So our next one is Darren from Canada. And Darren, can you hear us okay? Yeah, I can hear you. How, how, how may we help you today? Oh, so as everybody says, the long story short, um, <laughs> married for um, 18 years. My mm-hmm. wife and I have been struggling with intimacy for the last 12 Um to the point of that she went off and had an affair. Um, I've been working the pies and doing amazing. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's been going really, really well. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, it's like scary how well things are going. <laughs> and um, 
but I'm at the point of now that I'm like, I don't know what to do next. I've done the pies. We're starting to communicate. We're getting along. We're going out on dates, but I'm like, I don't know how to start the physical side of things. Cause that's an area we've always struggled with. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so are you still living together? Like, I mean, like even holding her hand, I'm nervous to do that. I don't know when I'm supposed to do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Are you, Obviously, are you physically separated? Hands, mm-hmm. But are you physically mean? separated? Are you separated? No, uh, we technically, we have been separated for two years, but she never moved out. So we're still in the same house. Are you in the same bedroom? No, we haven't been in the same bedroom in 12 years. Okay. And so things are going better now. And your question is, when do you uh, communicate affection physically? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Are things good enough between the two of you that that if you just reached over and just touched her, how would she react right now? I don't know. I guess I'm so afraid that I'll lose all the work that I've done that I've Mm -hmm. been afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. Are you communicating well enough that if you were to say to her, you know, I, I still love you, and sometimes I just want to reach over and, and just touch you, if if you had that conversation with her, if you just said that to her, are you communicating well enough that you'd get an honest answer back that wouldn't start a fight? Maybe. <laughs> I, I guess okay, you said not ahead of it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I understand. I'm really afraid of. I've come so far that I'm afraid to take five mm-hmm. steps back. Okay. Well, if you're afraid, then I would suggest you don't do anything. Because if you operate out of fear, you might not do it as well as you should have done it anyway, no matter what it is. Because fear will affect how you, what you say. Fear will affect what you do. But if mm. ever at any point, if ever at any point that you are really communicating well, if, if it's good enough where you can say, look at her and say, you know, sometimes I'd just like to reach over and just touch you, but I'm afraid that, that I will somehow offend you if I do. Not asking her if you can touch her, just telling her about the fear that you feel because, you know, I certainly don't want to mess up anything about our relationship. If you ever get to the point where you can have that conversation, I suggest you do. Now, notice you're putting it from your own standpoint. You're not asking her what she feels. You're telling her what yeah. you feel. Therefore, it's less likely that she's going to respond negatively. I'm not promising that she won't respond negatively, but it's less likely that she'll respond negatively when you phrase it out of yourself rather than asking her. So, for example, if you're afraid if I ask, may I just touch you occasionally, that that might make her mad, then don't do that. You just say, whenever it feels safe and comfortable, I, I just want to tell you something. I still love you, and sometimes I just want to reach over and touch your hand, but I'm afraid and I just want you to know that if I'm not being what I'm supposed to be to you, it's because I'm, I don't want to do anything that upset, bother, or hurt you in any way. Now, if you're communicating well and you say that, then listen carefully to what she says back. She may say something like, well, thank you for being so sensitive. And she may drop it right there. Or she may say something such as, it's okay if you reach over and touch me occasionally. If so, then sometimes do that when it feels right to do that. So you're, it's, okay. it's like, think about it this way. It's like you're starting to date all over again. Mm. Okay, And if you think about it yeah. just like that, we're just starting dating all over again. So I'm just going to go slow. I'm not going to push anything. And, and to whatever degree she's receptive, I'll go a little further, a little further, a little further. And, and whenever it finally gets, and hopefully it will, whenever it finally gets to the point where there's real hugs and maybe kisses and somewhere along the line where actually you're going to wind up 
making love to each other again. Just take your time. Be patient. It sounds like you're able to do that. And and when you do, call us back. Because I'll have more suggestions for you then. But I don't want to give you those suggestions now because I don't want you thinking about that. I prefer <laughs> in helping you to get you to think about just the first phase first. So that's what I would recommend, my friend. When it feels safe, just tell her what you feel and then let her respond. Now, if you do that, don't get your feelings hurt if she just says, well, thank you. And then she drops it right there. When what you're hoping she's going to say is, take me, you lover. So what you do is just be very patient and don't let yourself get hurt. Just keep doing like you're doing. Because it sounds to me like if you can maintain this degree of patience, you've got a pretty good shot of putting this thing back together. Well, I have to say the pies has Mm -hmm. been like, I've been telling everybody, whether they're having marriage problems or not, like this has changed my life. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you. Well, thank you very much. I'm down three tank sizes. I'm joined a support group. I'm wow. very active in the church. And so it's, I just want to say thank you. Wow. That's awesome, Darren. We very appreciate nice. that thank so you, much. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Oh, thank you. Awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. I love hearing that. I do, too. We're not even a gym, but look at the people. <laughs> Getting in shape. So good. All right, next we have a caller, Teresa from Missouri. Teresa, can you hear us? Yes. Hi, Joe. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Thank you. Okay, so my husband and I are trying to reconcile. We've been married since 96, and before we were together six years before that, he had an affair, obviously, and... um. I found out recently that it only ended because she broke it off. So mm-hmm. I'm struggling with that because mm-hmm. I know that's the only reason he came back. Mm-hmm. We are thinking about coming to the workshop. So is that a recommendation for couples in reconciliation? Absolutely. Or, okay. Um, mm-hmm. So how do I get those feelings out of my head that yeah. I know okay. had she not broke it off? Well, okay, let me help help you. All right. Maybe I can help you frame that a little differently. Okay. Okay. If if he was, uh, if he were in an emotional connection with her, the thing we call limerence, it was going to end somehow, some way. And typically the person that goes into it the fastest is the one that comes out first. And so if your husband had gone in faster, he would have been the one to come out first. The fact that she came out first probably means that she went in faster. Now, I understand that you're thinking, oh, wow, but I wish that he was the one that broke it off because that would make me feel better. I'm telling you, if things had just been a little different, he would have been the one to do that. The good news here is that it did broken off. Now, you must understand that most people coming out of a limit relationship do not go back to their spouse, at least not initially, because the things they have to go through mentally to kind of justify that limit relationship often has to do with the vilification of the spouse, you know, thinking bad things about the spouse, saying bad things about the spouse. And so most of the time it takes a while before they ever come back to the spouse. The fact that he came back to you that quickly tells me that there's some still pretty strong stuff in there that's positive about you. Otherwise, he would not have. He would have done something else. I'm telling you that from having worked with thousands and thousands of couples. And so the the frame I'm hoping, I'm trying to help you with this frame, is that while I understand what you're feeling, from our perspective, we look at that and go, 
there's got to be some pretty powerful stuff going on here that he came back to you, unless you know of something that makes that incorrect. Well, I originally thought and I was led to believe that because um, we had no intimacy that he started talking online, which mm-hmm. was all him. And then, mm-hmm. then it led to an emotional connection, which went, led to physical. But what it was mm-hmm. is he found someone online that he knew from previous, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. immediately it was set up for sexual contact. It was not mm-hmm. like emotional at first. It was just immediate mm-hmm. sexual. And then mm-hmm. while we were still in the relationship, and then he started vilifying Everything I did was wrong. It was emotional Mm -hmm. abuse towards me. Um, Mm -hmm. So basically, it started in September 2017, went immediately to sex in October of 2017, or contact, Mm -hmm. then for sure Mm -hmm. in December, physical, more physical. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then I didn't know all this, and I, I was told wrong about the time frames and everything when I started working on reconciliation. I Mm -hmm. I didn't know, and I don't know how to feel about it being just sex. And then he fell in love with her, and he wanted to keep it going, but she didn't. And she is in Mm -hmm. her fourth marriage and Mm -hmm. all of this. And he knew this. He knew what kind of person he was getting into. Mm -hmm. I I understand that you're very upset. I understand that you feel that you were rejected for somebody else. I mean, I understand all that. But here's the real question. Do you want to reconcile? I did, but since I found out this, all this other stuff, I'm not sure mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, I guess I don't understand meeting somebody for sex. I don't get it, and okay. I don't understand. I understand. I understand that, and I get that. It's awfully hard to understand the motivations of another person because we have enough trouble trying to understand our own motivations. We really do. I'm sure there are times in life when you've done things, and if I were sitting there and say, why did you do that? Your honest answer would be, I don't know. We have enough trouble understanding mm-hmm. our own motivations, so it's very difficult to understand the motivations of another. Did, did he do a very bad thing? Yeah, he did. Did he hurt you? Without a doubt. Did he lie to you? Or well, almost everybody that does this stuff lies. Mm-hmm. I'm not justifying the lying. I'm just saying that that's pretty common right. for this situation. And and if you decide, okay, he wants to reconcile, he wants to come back to me, but because my feelings are very hurt, which they are, then I don't want to do that, then you have the right to make that decision. But we would suggest as you make that decision, you think in terms of how are you going to feel about that in 10 days? How are you going to feel about that in right. 10 months? How are you going to feel about that in mm-hmm. 10 years? Now, if the man truly is, even if he lied to you to begin with, which is terrible, but we kind of expect it. Even if he lied to you to begin with about time frames and things like that, is he a good man at heart who did a bad thing or is he a bad man that did a bad thing? I think so. And we were always in the same house. Nobody has ever left the house or anything mm-hmm. like that. We've always been in the same house, the same bed. Okay. So you think he's a all good man that did this. a bad thing? Is it what you're saying? He's a good man that did a bad thing or is he a I, bad man that did I, a bad thing? I, I I think so, but the trust is just, I don't know. (laughs) I understand about the trust. I'm asking, in your perception, is this man at heart, at heart, is he a good man? I believe so. Okay. Then then you get to make the decision. You actually are the one that gets to make the decision. Okay. Can we rescue this after all the crappy stuff he did and how much he hurt me? Because it's really your choice. You can say, nope, you hurt me. I don't want you. 
you can throw him out. But if he's a good man that did a bad thing, he may well be worth rescuing. Now, you're the one who makes that decision, not us. You've mentioned potentially right. coming to the workshop. I would suggest that We're you We're actually do. thinking about January if we can get in. So Yeah. Awesome. Because, because in that, first of all, he's going to get a lot more insight into himself if you come mm-hmm. about why he right. did what he did. But you're also going to get more insight. Mm-hmm. Now, the things we do online and et cetera, et cetera, we can only go to a certain degree. Whereas when you've got people in a room for three days, you can get into the depth of right. things that we, we can't do here. And, and here's a, the, the least good it would do for you is at the end of the three days, you can go, I'm comfortable with my decision, whatever that decision is. The most good it can do for you is that all of a sudden he learns, you learn, you understand some things and you go, we can make a very different future. One that was much better even than what we had in the past, not because of what happened, but because of what he learned about himself. And I learned about myself and we learned about our relationship because of what happened. And so we have many, right. many people that do. There's a, there's actually a, Petra, one of our coaches is sitting here in the room with us. And uh, uh, I don't know if we have any videos from Petra online or not, but Petra's one of our coaches and she had to make that very same decision at one point. And I'm not going to give you any more details than that. Won't mention her last name. Or I know a little bit name. about. I know a little bit about that. <laughs> okay, and so I followed her a little bit online. So. Oh, you followed her. Okay, <laughs> well, she's pretty. Sharp. <laughs> yeah. she's pretty sharp. So yeah, it really was down to your decision. But if you're having this kind of vacillation, mm-hmm. I do recommend mm-hmm. you come to the workshop because I think in those three days we can really help you and him get a lot of insight, and at least then whatever decision you make, and of course. We're pro-married, so we hope you decide to work it out. Right. But whatever decision, whatever decision you make, at least then you can walk away with knowledge and comfort of this is the right decision for me, even if it is, and we hope, of course, it is, that you stay together and you make a great future for each other. But what you're feeling, you have every right to feel, every right to feel. And I don't blame you. I'd be hurt and upset and mad and everything else about this stuff. But and what I'm so you hearing, recommend no space, no distance. I mean, keep still in the same house and just try to deal with each other. Sure. Because here's what happens when you separate. When a couple separates, then things automatically get a little easier because you don't have any of the tension anymore. And, and it becomes actually more difficult if you decide to put it back together. It becomes more difficult to mm-hmm. do because there's some relief by separation. So I'm not saying that it's impossible to put it back together if you separate. Some people do. But the only time we ever recommend separation is if somebody is in danger. If you're in physical danger, emotional danger, spiritual danger, then, yeah, you know, get safe. But if you're not in any danger, okay. it's aggravating, it's tense, but you're not in any danger, you actually have a better shot of finding a best solution for you if you're But it's your choice, okay. always your choice. All right. Thank you for everything you do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much, Teresa. You know, you mentioned that the workshop would be good for that situation. And every time I I hear anyone say that, I always think my first thing is, well, the workshop is good for every situation. But people always want, I mean, it's a big question because it's three days of your time, you know, getting here, things like that. And people are thinking, is, but is it going to be good for my situation? And especially when there's 
reconciliation happening. I know a lot of people, they kind of view our workshop as something that's for marriages in crisis, Mm -hmm. like in the middle of it. And so sometimes it can be lost in translation that even if you're not in the middle of a crisis, if you're moving past one, if you're in that phase of trying to figure out how to come back together, how to reconcile well, then maybe this isn't for me. But that is even more powerful for when people are in that situation and they come to our workshop. It's even more helpful for that specific kind of situation as well. So we would absolutely recommend that. So, Teresa, if you're still listening. I truly and honestly hope you come to the workshop. Mm-hmm. First of all, I want to meet you. Yeah. Uh, I'm impressed with you just by listening to you. I hear you're hurt. I really do. Mm-hmm. But I also hear underneath that, if I'm hearing it correctly, I hear that you still love this guy as much as he's hurt you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I truly hope that you come. And, and when you do, I, I want to make sure that you walk up and say, hey, I'm the Teresa that called. <laughs> I want to know yeah. that if you come. It's your choice, of course, but I hope you come. If you're calling in and you're wanting to be able to ask a question, be sure that you press the number one after you call in. If you're listening on Facebook and want to call in, then that number one more time is 657-383-0812. But be sure you press the number one. That puts you in the queue to be able to ask a question. Otherwise, our screeners just see you as someone calling to listen in, and they're not going to bother you and try and talk to you and ask you what question you have there. So be sure... Press that number one. Yeah. Let me give that number one more time slower, if I may. Mm-hmm. 657-383-0812. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. The next question we have, I, I don't have a name. I only have that it is a mail caller from Alabama. Mail caller from Alabama. Can you hear us okay? I can. Good afternoon. Good hey. afternoon. Can you just give us a first name, even if you make it up, so I can... Somehow I'll call you by name. Even uh, if you make I'll let you go with Brad. All right. Okay, Brad, how like many Brad we help you today? It's Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many we help you, Brad? Hey, listen, so here's the deal. Um, we, uh, I, I was uh, asked to separate from my wife about, she asked me to separate about four months ago. We're going on mm-hmm. our five months now. And um, with the intent to work on the marriage and to get, you know, to work through some things, well, within two months of that separation, I was um, given divorce papers, uh, as a matter of fact, after a counseling session um, mm-hmm. and uh, was expected to, you know, go through that process. And, mm-hmm. and um, back and forth, lawyers, yada, yada, um, we um, got to a point where she, through some counseling, decided to um, not to hold off on divorce papers and, and to work on some things. Um, well, that's kind of, uh, you know, gotten to a point now to where we're, you know, I, I, I don't know. I hadn't been specifically told that she's ready to, you know, do the, you know, get the divorce papers back out and get them signed and all that kind of stuff. But she's ready to move on is, is her wording and, uh, and, and and move on with things. And the biggest thing she wants to move on with right now, she it seems like, is the is the house and the cost, the that, that the mortgage and the utilities is a, is just a really a, a, a burden on our, our financial situation, our budget stuff. Um, nothing mm-hmm. has changed. We've been in the house for four years, so it's not like anything has changed as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. But what has mm-hmm. changed is the, what it's costing me to not live in that house. And so right. my question to you guys is I, I, I feel like I've been advised, in, in, whether it's through you or through other, other folks, to not do anything as far as dividing up property or, and uh, – um, even changing cell phone plan or any of that kind of stuff until 
a divorce has gone through. Um, and, and so, you know, how would you advise somebody that's, you know, would it, would it actually benefit us if I was to go ahead and say, hey, let's go ahead and put this thing on the market, let's get, let's get the household, get the pressure off, you know, and, 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 and that kind of thing. But I'm not there. It's not, I'm, you know, if they move into an apartment, I'm not, you know, and there's two boys involved too. So it, it, there's mm-hmm. not, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm not moving in with them. So it's not like it's, mm-hmm. it's us, doing, us doing all this together. How right. do you advise on that? Okay. Understand that, first of all, we can't give legal advice. You do know that. And that when we mm-hmm. talk about things, we, we, and rather than saying advice this is what we should, you should do, we give mm-hmm. you suggestions of things to think about. Sure. Now, so let me ask you a question or two, if I may. Uh, do you think that her moving rapidly toward this is the counselor part of what making that happen? I don't think so. No. Um, okay. It's somebody that's uh, very, very, very good. And I think I, 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 when we we're going to the same counselor, it's not the same time. And I, you know, and I don't know what all she's telling her, but I know that it with me, it's a, it's about giving it time. And I, I want to give this as much time as possible uh, right. to, to let the Lord work through it and to, and to just work through things. Okay. So, so you have confidence in the counselor. That's a good thing. Okay. That's number one. hundred percent. Here's here's the thing to think about, Brad. If you make as you make this decision, uh, can it bring about some financial relief? Obviously, it understand that when you take away obstacles, you make it easier for the other person to move on. Now, I'm not telling you what to do. It's always going to be your decision. I'm just helping you get the principles here. And so, if you remove some of the financial burdens because now the mortgage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It actually makes it easier for her to move on because it takes tension and stress away. Now, I can't tell you don't do it because I don't have the right to give you that advice, nor would I give you the advice to do it because I don't have the right to do that either. I'm just saying if you do it, then you may actually facilitate things moving faster towards separation and divorce because of removing certain things. Uh, Do you... uh, You know that she has divorce papers, so she says she has seen an attorney, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Have you seen an attorney about this? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. And if I may ask, what does your attorney advise? Well, not well. She, she, we have, we have cleaned up the wording and so forth in the in the divorce papers. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I have, I'm not giving in to this as far as, you know, I'm standing right. for the marriage no matter what. But right. it, the, the only reason I'll sign the papers is because. You know, I'm not going to be a, a jerk either. You know, in the, in the, right. at the end of this, the, you know, that I know. But, but you know, um, uh, but no, I didn't she ask just the helped me kind of clean up something. Good. I, I didn't ask the question right. So let me rephrase the question because okay. I didn't ask the right question. What does your attorney advise you of going ahead and selling this stuff now? Uh, I have not asked the attorney about that. Okay. If if since you already have an attorney and and she's helped you clean some stuff up, it might be worth having a, a, a quick visit with the attorney to say this is what she's asking. Because under Alabama law, there may be benefits to you to do it one way and benefits to you to do it a different way, which can actually help, hopefully, at some point put the marriage back together. I, I'm not an attorney, and I certainly don't know Alabama law, um, although I'm by nature, I was born in Alabama, <laughs> but I certainly don't know much about Alabama law. But it might be worthwhile just to have that brief conversation with the attorney and say, how does this affect things if I go ahead and do that? Now, I'm going to repeat one more time what I said to make sure you got it. If you go ahead and sell those things and relieve some of the tension, it very likely, I'm not saying it necessarily, but very likely will make it easier for her to proceed to the next step because you've removed certain tensions and pressures. 
And uh, if I were in your shoes, that's what I'd be thinking about. As opposed to, or is this pressure so much on him, on her, and on me, is this pressure so much that actually I need it relieved as well? So it's a complicated issue. It's not just something easy to make a decision about. In general, in right. general, I would suggest that to, uh, if it were I, in general, I probably wouldn't sell this stuff right now. But there's other things I don't know and I don't understand. And that's why right. I think you really need to talk to your attorney. Okay. Okay. Well, very good. I, I appreciate hey, mother, you I, uh, going through the course and, and going through the process. And, and I, I appreciate all you're doing. And I keep up the good work. I appreciate how much you love this woman and how much you love your boys. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the fact that you're doing your best to put this thing back together. I know it's painful. I know it hurts. It's got to be ripping your heart out. But man, yep. thank you for being thank you for being that loving, caring man. Mm -hmm. Hey, I appreciate that. I really do. Okay, my friend. You take care. All right. Bye. Bye. He's a good guy. I liked him already. He's a good guy. Whatever his real name is. Whatever. But it I don't is. think it was Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that's a really good man right there. He's a better man than Brad Pitt. And I'm sure that he hasn't been a perfect man and we've never met one mm -hmm. yet. But I think he's a good man. Absolutely. We have another caller from Alabama. This is Josh. Josh, can you hear us okay? I sure can. How are you doing today? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, excellent. Uh, first of all, Dr. Beam, I just want to tell you that uh, you've been an inspiration to me. I've been following you uh, probably for the past six months, and, uh, you know, I've read your book on uh, getting past guilt. Uh, I've mm -hmm. did the Save My Marriage course, and I've listened to Good. numerous uh, podcasts, and uh, wow. it's kind of been a uh, beacon of light in a very dark time of my life. <laughs> uh, thank you for saying that, and That's I'm so sweet. glad that what we've offered has been of, of assistance to you. But thank you so much, Josh. Thank you. Okay, so uh, a, okay, so getting my situation, uh, I've been married for 10 years in June. Two weeks after our 10-year uh, anniversary, she gives me divorce papers and moves out with my two kids. Um, mm. I've been, uh, I confessed to her about, uh, I committed adultery on her, and uh, I confessed to her last April, uh, 2017. And uh, okay. she's been struggling with forgiveness. And uh, even though she said she forgave me, we tried to uh, we tried to get our relationship back on track, but she started uh, looking into things and believing I was still, you know, doing that dirt, which I wasn't, but I couldn't convince her otherwise. And she's been, yeah. because of her dealing with emotions, she's been having high blood pressure and her, mm -hmm. she's been sick. And she says, you know what, for the sake of my health, I need to get out of this marriage. So she moved out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so she's been, um, she's been pressuring me ever since. Have you gotten a lawyer to look at the papers? Have you gotten a lawyer to look at the papers? Well, finally I had to. And my lawyers looked at it. I said, listen, I will, I will sign these papers if you go to this, you know, the, the marriage uh, workshop. Mm -hmm. And she's been fighting this thing tooth and nail, right? And I really can't mm -hmm. understand why, but she's, she's been giving me mixed emotions about me, about our relationship. She won't say it, but, you know, somebody who's hard-pressed on leaving on one hand on the other hand, she wants to be my best friend and, and, you know, wants to talk with me two hours a night and all this kind of other stuff. So it's confusing mm -hmm. to me. So my question is this. If I can get her to go to the workshop, what benefit is it to me if, if I have to drag her there almost with a gun to her head? Because she's making me seem like I'm controlling her to get her there. Mm -hmm. And I've learned, and with two of the Save My Marriage course, that I, I did 
I, I am controlling, and I've been working on that individually. But, you know, she, she said, you're doing it again, Joshua. You are controlling me. You're trying to get me to go to this thing I don't want to go to. And I, I just want to know, dealing with the, the people that you've dealt with in the past, uh, what, what do you see with the, the reluctant spouses that don't mm-hmm. want to be there? How, how do they react? Because That's such I, a I common question. Like Mm-hmm. Right, because I feel like am I, you know, making things worse by dragging her mm-hmm. here? I mean, I just wanted to. Well, there's a general principle in, in life, Josh, and and just let me kind of ramble here a second or two, if I may. First of all, my heart's with you, brother. It really is. A general principle in life is that um, if you want somebody to do something, then you need to give them something equal or better in return. In other words, if you understand what it is that she wants, what she needs, what she desires, whatever it might be, we understand what it is that you desire. And then it's like, okay, then how can we make an exchange where that rather than resenting this for her, it's like, okay, I'm getting something that I want. So uh, I, I know you were speaking metaphorically when you said, if I, you know, put a gun to her head. I know you're not going to do that. <laughs> but I'm bringing that up oh, because, yeah. uh, you know, uh, all these people around the world who are watching this and thinking, is that how they do it in Alabama? <laughs> Josh, Josh will be <laughs> facetious with that. Okay. He's not going to put a gun to right here. If you oh, yeah. kind of force somebody to come to the workshop, then it's mm-hmm. much more difficult because they sit there like this and they're pretty mad. Uh, it's like, I'm here, but I don't want to be here. And I was made to be here. And it makes our job a whole lot tougher. So if you can find a way to make some kind of an exchange that she says, Hmm, Okay, there's something I get out of that. Now, so I would recommend then two things as a potential way to do that. Number one, uh, whoever your client representative is that you work with here, because you, you've um, apparently you bought the online course and things. So, did you work with one of our CRs, our client representatives, to do that? Uh, oh yes, Amber. Okay, Amber. Amber's awesome. She's great. I would suggest you call if you if you haven't had this conversation with Amber yet. This is a conversation to have with her. Call and say. Uh, Dr. B mentioned a heuristic, weird word, a heuristic. It's kind of a formula. Can you help me think that through in terms of how I can encourage my wife to come to the workshop with me? And then we'll help you think that through. Then if that does work, if that works great, if it doesn't work, then the next thing would be to say to your wife, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put the metaphorical gun to your head. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything that leads you to feel control, but I have a request. Will you do this? Will you talk to Amber? Now, don't push her. Don't twist her arm to talk to Amber. But if you say, for me, just to give me some comfort, will you talk to Amber? And then if she talks to Amber, Amber can help her understand what the workshop is and how the benefits will come to her. And Amber will reassure her. We're not going to twist your arm to stay married to Josh because we don't do that. We don't try to manipulate. We don't try to control. We don't try to force. We don't try to twist arms because if we did, what we do would not work. People want to be respected to make their own decisions. They want to be respected that I'm, I'm the one making the self-determination here, and I don't want anybody trying to make me do anything, and so we don't. We do a lot of great teaching and, and hope they come to the conclusion, but it's always theirs. And, and she may not believe you if you tell her that, but hopefully she would believe Amber if Amber tells her that. Mm-hmm. And so my recommendation is, first of all, call Amber and say, hey, uh, what's this formula kind of thing Dr. Bean talked about? Can you help me figure out how maybe I can use that to help my wife understand the benefits to her to come to the workshop? And then secondly, if, after you try that, if it doesn't work, just ask her sincerely, for me, would you at least do this? Would you talk to Amber? Now, 
Well, come back and ask a question. You said she wants to talk to you like okay. two hours a night, right? Did I hear that? Well, 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 what she'll do is she'll go a few days and, and we won't talk that much. It'll be about the kids. But then mm-hmm. I'll get a phone call at 1030 at night and she'll be talking to me until, you know, midnight. Uh, okay. She'll call me at work and just talking about random stuff. And I'm like, you know, if you want to be away from me, why are you calling me so much? Yeah. I would suggest that you not ask that question. <laughs> I would suggest that if well, indeed she's having those, I didn't think you really asked that question. I was being facetious <laughs> myself there, my friend. I would suggest okay. that that that's a good thing, because in in those kind of conversations, you're at least still having some contact, and it appears that she is depending on you a little bit for your advice or your or, or as a listening board or something, and that's a good thing. That's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. That's a good thing, Josh. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, in the past, I did get uh, Amber to talk to my wife uh, because, oh, she did you know, she, she was, yeah, she did because she wanted to make a decision about this course. Amber mm-hmm. talked to her, just kind of reassured her a little bit. She did. We were supposed to go to the course in October, uh, the 19th. Uh, we were supposed to be there. Um, but I had to make an agreement that my lawyer would uh, finalize all the paperwork and everything before because she said she won't go unless that is taken care of. Well, my mm-hmm. lawyer did not get, you know, his stuff done in time. So she she, mm-hmm. she said I, I lied to her. Me and my lawyer was in it together to scheme and get over mm-hmm. on her and that she, now she ain't got nothing to do with it again. But she's mm-hmm. since that point, she said she would go, but now she's saying she's not going to go again. So I, I really, I'm, I'm kind of battling her with this, and, and I want to know why she's resisting this so much. Because to me, if no. I want out of this marriage and all I have to do is go to a weekend to get out, I'm I'm going, you know, that's just me. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Well, I obviously don't know why, you know, because I don't know your wife and I, mean, I haven't had those conversations, so I don't know why. Um, but I can understand if somebody thinks like, wait, wait, a minute, you have made an agreement and then you violated the agreement because your lawyer didn't get done. Mm-hmm. I can understand why people get upset about that. At the same time, Josh, one other okay. thing, and we got other callers we got to get to, but one other thing is if it were I, now you make your own decisions. I will not tell you what to do, but if it were I, and, and if my wife were saying, well, you've got to go ahead and finalize all this paperwork and sign it before I go to the workshop, I don't know that I would take that deal. I'd say, well, we can finalize it all. We can have it all ready, and I'll take it to the workshop with us. And the day after the workshop, mm-hmm. I'll sign it if that's what you want me to do. But, you know, when you take away the incentive, sometimes people change their minds. In other words, if it's all done beforehand, then a person might back out at the last minute. And I'm not saying your wife would, and I'm certainly not trying to impugn her character at all. I'm not. It's just that if you're going to make a deal, you keep the deal where that, that both people can be pretty sure it's going to happen the way it's supposed to happen. Is that making any sense at all? Oh, it is, most definitely. I'm leaving myself yeah. open to, you know, just to, to that happening to me if I signed the papers and gave it to her, uh, which I wouldn't do. Uh, but she went to the point where she was like, well, I want you to sign it and give it to a third party, and then when I get back, then they'll give me anyway, because she doesn't trust me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I understand that my trust has been, you know, I, I've, by my past actions. I understand why she doesn't mm-hmm. trust me, but um, I really, but she did make this statement. I know you gotta gotta move on, but she did say that I can tell that you've really changed. You've done a 180, yeah. uh, awesome. and, and like I said, I kind of credit that to your course. And, uh, and she awesome. said, I, I just want you to be happy, and uh, I just I just want to tell you that you've really changed. So I just want mm-hmm. you to know some some good has come from your course and from everything, and I'm good. still fighting. 
I, I just want to yeah. know, you know, am I making my case worse by being reluctant to get her to this workshop? But you, Not necessarily. Not necessarily. And I would call Amber again and ask her about that heuristics. Like, what's, what's Dr. Bean talking about? And how can I better understand how to help my wife get what she wants by using that? And Amber can help guide you through that. Okay? Okay. Thanks, sir. All right. Thank, thank you, Thank you, Josh. Take care, Josh. That's great. So good to hear from, from people doing the work, changing, seeing mm-hmm. progress. No, good for him. On the same lines of what he was talking about in terms of you negotiate, you figure out what they want, you offer it to them, things like that. We had a quick question come through on Facebook, mm-hmm. and someone said that um, – My wife and I are graduates of the workshop. We were doing well for some time. Two weeks ago, she said she wanted to work things out. This was the most progress we've ever made in two years. But last week, she said she wants to get a divorce. I got upset and told her to do it right away before the year ends. And now I regret what I said, but I can't change it. What should I do? Uh, I don't know that it means you can't change it. Mm -hmm. But I do understand that sometimes in the in the in the intensity of the moment, mm-hmm. sometimes all of us sometimes will do things that we look back and go, oh, crap. Yeah. I can't believe I did that. Well, sometimes we have, uh, have to kind of read what we sow. And that's sad. I mean, I wish there were some kind of a do-over in life. Mm-hmm. So if indeed she says, okay, I'm going to go through with this, and, and, and you feel like you can't do anything differently, then that's what's going to happen. But here's what I would recommend. My suggestion is if you're communicating at all right now, now right now she might be just totally angry with you because of that. But if you're communicating at all, just to go back and look at her and go, you know, I was very foolish to do that. I reacted out of anger. It was totally wrong. I shouldn't have done it. Can I ask that? Can we just back up a step and and maybe look at this a different way and try to do it a different way? In other words, rather than going and saying, no, I've changed my mind. You can't do that. Which, is more likely to get a, a negative and defensive reaction is to go in and say, I really regret that. And I realize that, you know, it's your decision at this point because I put it in your court, but I'm asking if you will, please allow me to take that statement back. Please allow me to do this differently. And can we come at this a different way? And so you're kind of in a sense throwing yourself on her mercy, but without whining, without begging, without pleading, because that is going to work against you. Mm-hmm. You do it only, but you don't do it out of weakness. You do it only, but you also do it with confidence. Like, you know, we were doing so well, and you said you want a divorce, and I got mad, and I reacted badly. Can we just back up a step mm-hmm. and and try that? Just do your best to try that. Mm-hmm. Because if things were going well, and then they turned bad, you know that something had to have happened. Right. And. And that's something that had to have happened. Might be something you did. It might be something somebody else said to her, like mama, cousin, friend. You know, you really need something happened if it switched in a week's time. Right. Okay. So go back. I suggest go back. Try to undo what you did by asking if you can undo what you did. And then if, if indeed she will talk to you and, and you can have a decent conversation, say, can you help me understand what happened in that week? Mm-hmm. You know, we were doing great, and then the next week we went to divorce. Can you help me understand what happened? Was it something I did? Was it something else? Can you just help me understand? Now, understand this, that if she is communicating with you, the answer she initially gives to that may not be the complete answer, not because she's lying, but because she herself might not completely understand why she reacted like that in a week. 
So don't just pound it. Don't beat it up. People sometimes do things they don't even completely understand themselves why they did it. So you ask and you listen, but don't push her like, that's got to be more than that. Tell me more. If, if Just let her communicate without feeling pressured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because stepping back, if the traje- trajectory had been going up and then all of a sudden it goes down one week, it's like a business person looking at their profits and they're going up, but they have a terrible month and they're like, let's just close the business. You don't want to do that. So look at that positive part of it. We were doing so well, something happened, but we can get right back to where we were because we've done it before. So there's the positive. So, so go with your hat in your hand, mm-hmm. but don't mind don't hat in your hand for those who don't understand that metaphor from the deep south. It means you're not going to go in there arrogantly. You're going to go in there humbly, but not whining, not begging, not pleading because that won't work. That's right. Next, we have a caller from Kentucky. Her name is Erica. Erica, can you hear us okay? Yes. Hello. Hi. How are you today? Oh, hanging in there. Hanging in there. Uh, not a good day, huh? How, how may we help you, Erica? No. Well, let's see. This all started um, last October. My daughter um, moved out. Um, her and her fiance got a house together, and we were really excited about it. And so. She decided to move out, and my husband literally lost it. I mean, he um, he was he was a um, he was sober for ten years. Um, mm. He drank very very heavily when I met him, and when I was pregnant with our uh, daughter, who is eleven now, I told him that if he didn't stop drinking, that you know I was leaving. I was not going to bring a newborn into that environment. Well, he um, he quit because he said that his family meant more to him than anything. So um, we had our daughter, and then um, literally a year after that, his father died tragically, and so his elderly mom, who is disabled, had to move in with us. So mm-hmm. I, I became her full-time caregiver and a stay-at-home mom up until mm-hmm. recently. And so back in October, when our daughter moved out, who um, my my oldest, which is 22, the one I'm talking about, I had her mm-hmm. uh, from a previous relationship. Well, he adopted her when she was 13. And okay. so he's raised her ever since she was six mm-hmm. years old when we met. And mm-hmm. so anyway, when she moved out, he just like literally lost it. He started drinking, going to bars. Um, not coming home until like late, late at night on the weekends. And then uh, back in March, he dropped a bomb on me that he had went to a strip club and um, had a one-night stand with a girl that worked there. And he begged me for forgiveness and begged me to not kick him out, begged me to beg. He wanted to stay. He wanted to work it out. He said he would quit drinking. That literally lasted two weeks. And then he started drinking again because he said he couldn't deal with what he did to me. And then literally a month after that, he uh, was gone all night, had no clue where he was. And then um, I finally got a hold of him and I could hear a sexual conversation with him and another woman, which he denied. And then uh, back in August, he uh, basically told me that he didn't want to be married anymore. He wasn't happy, hadn't been happy, and that he was going to live with this couple an hour away. And then come to find out 
um, it's a girl that he went to high school with who he's been mm-hmm. in contact with for a while. Mm-hmm. And so, but since he's left, um, he has uh, gotten a DUI, lost his license for 30 days. I was kind enough to let him stay at our house so he could ride to work with our neighbor who works the same shift as him because mm-hmm. he cannot drive. And now he's got a hardship license and um, he's just, he's spiraling. I mean, there's like literally nothing that, you know, Mm -hmm. I can say he is blaming me for everything. Every time we even have a discussion, it's all my fault that he left. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a horrible wife, but yet, you know, I did everything for this man. Is he living someplace (laughs) else now or is he still living with you? He's still with the woman and her dad. Uh, they live okay. an hour. Well, he's an hour away from us. So, right. um, okay. but uh, I don't know. I just, I, I've got an appointment to go see a divorce attorney on Wednesday because he's not giving mm-hmm. me any money at all since he left. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only got, he's only given me money three times and I had to go get a full-time job in order mm-hmm. to support myself. And I had to move my mother-in-law out because she couldn't be here by herself. Right. And he just like, I mean, does it sound like a midlife crisis? I've watched every video that you have, which all of them are amazing, by the way, on the mm-hmm. whole limerence thing. I had no idea that that was even could be a possibility, but I think mm-hmm. his issue is a little more than that. <laughs> It sounds like it. What it sounds like. Now, understand that I cannot diagnose your husband. But let me tell you what it sounds like. It sounds like a man who's, who is running away from something. And That's and so, what everybody says, too. What it sounds like. Now, I can't tell you that's yet. You understand I cannot make that diagnosis, but that's what it sounds yes. like. And, and yes. And that he has run to alcohol. He has run to sex with somebody else. He's run to this, that, the other. He's escaping reality. Now, when, if, if that's the case, if, you understand, I can't make that diagnosis, but if that's the case, then it probably goes back to the pain that he felt. Now, it's kind of interesting because it would be like, why would he feel that much pain by your daughter moving out? Why would it cause that much hurt, that much pain? Somehow or other, understand that, that when people hurt, when they feel pain inside themselves, they will do various kinds of things. Some people just get really, really mad. Some people get just really, really rebellious, do what the, the counselors would call acting out, that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. I, what I'm hearing is you still love this guy, right? Oh, very much. I mean, I feel like okay. he's my person that God put in my life 16 years mm-hmm. ago. And you're wanting to rescue this guy? Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Are there any people in this world, because believe it or not here, understand this, you are the one who cannot rescue him because what he's done right now. Yes, I've been told that. Well, and and it's especially true because of the fact that he has made you the scapegoat for all of his emotions. When he's saying, it's your fault I do this, your fault I do that, you know good and well that's not true. But as long as he says that to himself, then, then you can't be the one to rescue him because he has made you the villain, if you will. So oh, if, big and, time. Mm-hmm. So if this guy's going to be rescued, it's going to have to be by some other people than you, but people that he respects who will do an intervention. Have you by any chance looked on our website, Marriage Helper, that's Marriage Helper, MarriageHelper.com, and looked at the thing we have about intervention? Have you ever done that? Um, yes, I've read a little bit on it. I have actually had um, several people that, 
um, that go like to church and stuff and that he has always looked up to since we've been together Mm -hmm. and he won't even take their calls. His brother who his mom is now living with is an actual pastor at a church. He won't even (laughs) talk to him. Mm -hmm. And um, when our daughter got married this past October, um, he showed up at the wedding drunk and, um, I mean, it was just a disaster. And I had no idea that he had even had the DUI, had no idea about any of that. And his brother told me after. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody in his world? Is there anybody in his world that he does respect that he will talk to? Anybody? Uh. He's like pushed everybody away. What I mean, about, he is what about the, the only. Uh, he now that that's one person that he, she's the one that 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 outed him with the woman, because mm-hmm. this lie that he told us about was right. so he, like just. Will he still talk to her? Will he still talk to the daughter? Oh yeah, they he calls her every night. Okay, is there anybody? All right, so that's that's one person. Is there anybody else that he'll still talk to besides your daughter? Uh, yes, our neighbor across the street that okay. that still lives there. That Okay. The way that interventions are done is that it only works if it's done by somebody that he respects and that he cares about. And uh-huh. if, if, for example, and you might want to ask your daughter if she'll do this, ask her to go to that intervention page on our website, marriagehelper.com, to listen to both the audios. There are two 45-minute audios. Ask her to listen to both of those. Ask her to read that document that's there, that PDF. It's like 35 or 40 pages, something like that. So it's a little uh-huh. tedious. But ask her to do that. And then and then sit down with your daughter and talk about that and say, are you willing? And don't try to twist her arm. Don't try to make her do it. But are you willing to do an intervention with your dad following this exact pattern that's taught in those videos and that is taught in that document? Because if it can be done. It's more difficult when it's done by one person, but it can be done by one person if indeed that person is important enough to the individual. And when you're talking about a person that's having a drinking problem and those kinds of things, that intervention document, that those intervention audios are based on the one used by people in AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. In other words, it well, was and a, he's an going to that process. right now. Good. Yeah, Excellent. he he actually but, has to go to those classes every Saturday now for the next two months, and yeah, he's still probably, drinking. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> then see the intervention is not just do you go to AA. The intervention is if you keep up this behavior, whether it's drinking or this living with the other one, if you keep up this behavior, then here's the negative that's going to come from me. So I'm going I have to wrap this up because we're out of time, but. For example, if a daughter were doing it, she would say, if you keep living with this woman, if you keep drinking, then I'm going to have to limit my contact with you. Here's the negatives that are going to come. Now, that's a lot more explainable in those audios and in that document than I can do right now because we're out of time. But if if she listens to her, she might be the one that can do this if she will, but don't force it on her. Uh, Yeah, she's very worried about him. Yeah, I'm sure she is. And so... Just get her, step one, get her to go to that site on our website, listen to those two audios, read that document, and then you, you've got to start talking and see if there's something that can happen from there. But you can't do it. You understand? And yeah. I know you want to, but you're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry that we're out of time. I apologize, but at least start there. That's okay. okay. All right. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. 
Joe, as we're wrapping up, I, some of the questions that have come in on Facebook and even some of the callers that we're not able to get to right now, really a lot of their questions kind of boil into this category. So I'd love to give for you to give just some quick tips as we're wrapping up to what people can do over the holidays. A lot of people are separated or they're doing to where there's no contact. Their spouse isn't having any contact with them. Um, it's just it's just a hard time. It's holidays. All of that. So what are some tips that you would give people as they're trying to navigate over the next two weeks, being separated, questions that might come up, maybe the way they interact with their spouse, maybe their family and friends, maybe even their kids? What can make this season a little better in how they respond to things like that? And these would just be very fast tips, and there's a lot more involved. Number one, don't force contact. Mm -hmm. If they're not having contact with you, don't try to force it thinking because it's the holidays that are going to react positively. Might they? Yeah, they might. But it might do just the opposite as well, that you try to force contact and they pull even further away from you. I know it's difficult. Mm -hmm. Number two, if their children or other people involved, reassure them you love them. Mm -hmm. Now, that's always important, but I think even more important to the holidays. Number three, find people you can spend some time with that are not just going to be the ones that cry with you and hurt with you. Mm -hmm. Try to find some people to spend time with that you can laugh and enjoy the holidays. If there's an office party, go to it and enjoy it. If there's a church party, go to it and enjoy it. If if it's just taking your kids to some party and you sit out in the car and listen to them laughing, do that. Create as many positive experiences as you can if you have children for them, but also as many positive experiences as you can for you. And then kind of say this to yourself, you know, Right now, I don't have to fix anything. Right now, we're going to concentrate on what this holiday is all about as much as I can get it for me and the people that I love. And it doesn't mean that next year, when we have more time and we're not this intense holiday period, maybe that's when we can figure out some things to do about this marriage. So it's really important, it's really important that you focus on, if you have kids then, but also you, have as much fun as you can I don't know it hurts. I know there's pain. I'm not asking you to ignore that, but seek out the situations where you can enjoy it. And if you're going to watch the holiday movies, watch the positive ones. Hmm. Watch the ones that have happy endings. And then you'll probably still try like, I want my happy ending, but at least you're seeing positive things as opposed to something like, oh my goodness, the whole world's falling apart. Everybody's going to hell. (laughs) Try your best. Try your best to find as much good as you can and fill yourself up with that. And if you're religious, be sure to begin with the religious part of the holiday where there's hope, peace, and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Joe. Thank you for all of our listeners, all of our callers. We appreciate it so much. It's Christmas time. We know things are crazy, but we also know that things are probably more on your mind this time of year than in other parts of the year. And guess what? We're here for you. Right. So not only this show that we do, but you can find things that we're releasing weekly on YouTube, youtube.com slash marriage helper. You can follow us on Facebook and you can always call our office and talk to our real team of people. And you can call us at 866-903-0990. Again, that's 866-903-0990 from anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And one other tip about that then, mm-hmm. that you made me think of just then. If it's shocked, but I just need to talk to somebody. 
the, the people that answer the phone here are trained to help you get to the right resource. They're not the ones that are trained to, to listen and help you with things. So the people that you initially talk to are just people helping you find the right resources. But we do have coaches. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're just like, but I just need to talk to somebody who can kind of help me through the holidays, we do have coaching available. Mm-hmm. Even though we're a nonprofit, there's a fee for that. But it's, you get a lot more than you pay for it. Because mm-hmm. we're a nonprofit, we don't have to charge what it's really worth. We could charge this. And sometimes it's just going to be that. I need somebody to talk with me and help me have some hope and peace. And we have people highly trained that can do that for you. Yeah. And some of our coaches even have next day availability. So if that's something where you're thinking, I just need something to help me get through, to help me calm myself, center myself, you know, focus on what this season is about, then that's absolutely an amazing resource we have that's available for you. Whatever we can help you with, we will. Don't stop for joining us. Did you see me? 